61 degrees in Lynchburg and Bedford. We have 65 in Roanoke and Salem with some fog advisories there. 65 in Cloudy and Danville. 60 in Appomattox. 706 on the morning jam. Always love to have this guy in the studio, Chris Feraldi, representing Lynchburg. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. Great to be back. Yeah, yeah we're glad to have, to have you. you in here. You've uh, got your hoodie on. I know. Your pullover. I, one, one of you two said it coming in, and I was listening, and I certainly agree. Uh, it, it feels a little bit like a, an autumn morning out there, yeah. and mm-hmm. I am I'm ready for some some college football. Open yes. both windows up. Let the cross breeze come yeah yeah i'm ready i'm ready for it mm-hmm. i'm ready it's for it it's time mm-hmm. we need a breath of fresh air in more ways than one um so we're talking about uh, coming up in a uh, little let's just dive in it's <laughs> what i do uh a little bit later on we're going to be talking about the heritage foundation uh report that has come out um it's a report on educational freedom and um uh, you know looking at at educational choice regulatory freedom academic transparency and education spending return on investment Mm. that's what the the survey is about i wanted to to talk to you a little bit about those topics when it comes to our local schools and the city of lynchburg where do you think we fall so the the categories if i if i remember uh you you laying those out educational Freedom, uh, educational was, choice, choice, um, uh, regulatory freedom, mm-hmm, return on investment, and so on, and academic transparency. So I mean, there, there's, there's, I mean, hopefully there, we're getting some of that right. I, I would hope so. I know we're we're graduating students, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think when it comes time to talk about education in in 2022, there there might be some merit in saying what really is the goal? Is the goal to um, to be funding systems, or is the goal to be ensuring students are prepared for life to some degree, mm-hmm. from educational educational perspective or vocational perspective? Um, there seems to be good merit in my mind to be discussing what does it look like to be equipping the family unit to decide what education looks like best for them and and investing resources to them. I think that's a pilot that needs to be really looked at and considered um, quite strongly. Um, in Lynchburg, the numbers are not great. A uh, recent report yeah, came struggling. out, and listen, I, I want to be clear: I was not the the student who did well with standardized testing. Uh, right, really was not everybody tests well. That's not true. at all. But but it can give you at least a, an idea of whether or not we're holding our absolutely. own. If we're losing ground, mm-hmm. uh, we can at least find out, you know, by comparing to previous. Absolutely, and there are a hundred, I believe, a hundred and six better schools that's that reported better mm. on their standards of quality testing than lynchburg wow and just for reference there's about 130 or so total divisions in the entire commonwealth mm. when when reading in lynchburg city schools and 37 percent of students in lynchburg are failing yeah. writing 51 percent failing history 43 percent failing mathematics 50 mm. percent failing jeez Science, 45% failing. Well, and, and uh, if you take a question. look at that first number, mm-hmm. the reading number, if you don't have reading down, right. that's going to impact everything else. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if you and to make matters worse, if you really look at, uh, unfortunately, the achievement gap, and to those folks at home who don't know what that means, achievement gap in this discussion is those who are economically disadvantaged or people of, of a minority group or of color. And the, the numbers are exponentially higher we are 
failing folks who desperately need some ability to, to say, you know what, I, I need to be investing in myself so that way when I am come of age, I can be a productive member of society. Mm. We're, we're failing these folks. Mm -hmm. Something is not working. And, and when I'm a council member, my hands are somewhat tied. I can't just step into the school system as much as I would like to and, and start making some changes and say, we need to shake some things up. But my, my, my response is, you know, the school board, what are you guys doing mm -hmm. to really wrap your, your, uh, rack your brains on this and say, we got to do something different. I don't mm -hmm. see we doing anything different. Instead, right. we're just, you know, applause, applause, applause. We're so great. <laughs> Look at everybody. Let's smile. Right. We, I think we need a little bit of an adjustment here. And, you know, at the end of the day, does that look like electing a school board? No, that won't solve anything. But I will tell you, it would at least give us some more accountability. Oh, exactly. Sure. And I think that's it. And yeah. I don't, I want to be clear on this. In a perfect world, an appointed school board, I see the logic. It makes sense. You elect one person who, who has authority and, and vested ability to make decisions for the community. That makes sense. It's not working. And just as one political majority appointing one ideology or vice versa, I, I think at this point, there are two things we really need to be looking at. First and foremost is what does it look, to, look like to invest in students and families? Mm -hmm. And what does it look like to make the school board more accountable? Because they're clearly not to counsel. We've got a, a message in here. It says, uh, I don't understand how this can be. It seems like we're throwing more money mm -hmm. at the, the very uh, groups that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I guess meaning those who are uh, uh, an economically disadvantaged disadvantaged mm -hmm. and the minority yeah um so so obviously throwing money at this situation isn't working mm -hmm. show me one government program initiative where simply putting more money into it solves it it doesn't and and i will admit this is a very complicated and convoluted and full-on just very broad discussion that has many influencing factors but the bottom line is we're not getting to where we need to be we're not seeing the graduation rates go up we can talk about how you know enrollment is going down sure but a very important metric to me is what are we doing to graduate a higher percentage of our students that number keeps going down um well some would we're, say we're failing our kids it's that just people don't value that which they don't pay for hmm. that which they don't invest in yeah I and i think that. there's truth to that yeah, yeah there is i mean i i remembered it I, I was renting a house and now i own my house it's an entirely different perspective whether i realized it or not mm -hmm. going back to where we're putting the money are we putting more money into the classroom are we actually equipping our teachers to be wanting to stay here and choose Lynchburg instead of going somewhere else because we don't pay as much. Mm -hmm. um, what are we doing to make Lynchburg a destination for the people who are investing in these children on a daily basis? And, what and people in general who, who are investing in the city by moving here, living mm -hmm. here, working here. That's right. it. And by asking that question, what I am trying to say is we're not. Lynchburg is not the highest paid locality in Region 2000 for, for well, teachers. Well, no, but it's one of the highest taxed. But it's the highest taxed. And on top of that, nice segue, I know. <laughs> Just give me one second. <laughs> um, but on top of that... If you look at the dollars where they're going, and I, I'm not trying to just sound political with this, it's a matter of fact, more dollars are going to the administrative building than going into the classroom. Mm -hmm. That needs to change. And that's change. a problem. And if you were yeah. asked me, school board, there needs to be a policy of before we put more money into the administration, we need to make sure there's a metric to say we're making sure we're investing in the classroom so teachers 
aren't spending their own money to go out and get equipment or whatever it may be and actually have the ability to educate not just school our kids I, okay and let's but let's talk about a success story let's not just be down down yeah. down 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 uh we also had a story this morning about the the money that has been allocated to increase the the pay for our police officers mm-hmm. has uh, shown a significant uptick in folks applying uh, and even choosing to stay mm-hmm. at the lynchburg police department i have heard firsthand from and this is quite humbling from an officer who's been doing it almost as long, if not longer, than I've been alive. And he says, you got me for three more years, Chris. Mm. Right. Because of what this means for my retirement, what this means right. for me. Mm-hmm. And you're right, yes. The, my rebuttal is, as awesome as that is, that's something council needed to initiate. Right. They didn't. That was actually the city manager taking initiative and saying, all this violent crime in our city, I have the ability to do something, and I'm going to do something. Mm -hmm. And that is increased starting pay. We're going to say we're behind our law enforcement personnel. That's something council missed the ball on. And the the manager took it and went ran with it, and mm -hmm. I commend him wholeheartedly for it. And let's talk about that, because we've got uh, elections coming up in November. Yeah. Yeah. Here is an opportunity, if you live in the city of Lynchburg, to make sure that you're making choices, you're voting your values, and that you've got people on council that are going to do the job and not going to kick it down the the road, the can down the road, so that the city manager has to do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's some serious work that needs to be done in the city of Lynchburg. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the things that you just mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, How do we create a city that makes people want to come here invest here and work here how can we combat inflation in the hill city we'll talk mm-hmm. about it when we come back here on the morning jam with councilman chris feraldi Seven sixteen. more friday funnies on the way and then uh, we're going to talk about the queen a little bit later on in the show may even get uh, chris's opinion on that too before you fire up the coffee maker turn on the morning jam with janet and mark mornings six to nine a.m It's the rebirth of Common Sense Talk Radio. We are the Morning Jam. 7-19-7-20. Just clicked over. Got Chris Feraldi in the studio talking about Lynchburg and all things Lynchburg we're going to dip into because during the break we talked about the Queen and and how his family observed things when it came to uh, not just the Queen but kind of world history stuff. We'll, we'll dip into that, but Janet's going to pick up where we left off. Well, we were talking about uh, some of the, the success with uh, with city manager increasing the pay with the police officers, and we've got uh, more retention going on there, and, and uh, we're able to you know encourage people to come in into that department to fill some positions that are desperately in need of filling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were talking about right now, as far as the citizens of Lynchburg as a whole, um, they're battling inflation just like everybody else mm-hmm. is. Um, mm-hmm. the, the bills are getting higher and nothing's growing as far as the paycheck is concerned. And uh, let's face it, Lynchburg's taxes are not that cheap right now. We've seen quite a bit of increase over the past uh, 10 years. We have. In looking at Lynchburg as a whole, I think the, the, the city is the, one of the highest per capita taxed localities in the Commonwealth. And one of the things in looking back at the last 10 years, um, you can see quite evidently that in just total, this is how downtown uh, phrases it to us, 
we've seen 29.8 or 30% increase in revenue in the last 10 years. To me, that sounds like 30% more I'm paying in taxes. Now, Mm. the rates may not have adjusted or certain rates may have gone up or down, but overall, my tax burden, whether I like it or not, more is coming out of my wallet. And in breaking it down in the last 10 years, Janet, in property taxes, that's your house, your your rental right. properties, what have you, that is a 26% increase that you are paying. Yeah. Personal property. So that's my absolute favorite tax, and that is very much with sarcasm. I can't stand this thing. Yeah. On your car. <laughs> I, I just, I, I never understand this mm-hmm. one. 30% increase in that one. Wow. B-Pole. Now, that, that's, that's a big abbreviation. It's basically your business licensure professional occupancy tax, like your hairdressers and so on. It's, well, 24... The lifeblood of your yeah, small right. business owner. Yeah. 24% increase. In this, and this is all just, again, in the city of Lynchburg. Here's the big one. Your food tax, when you go out to eat oh in my the gosh. city of Lynchburg, yeah. 50% increase. Yeah. Now, look... What that means is when you go out to eat in the city of Lynchburg, if you have a nice dinner at, you know, a steakhouse or something to that effect, you know, it's $100. Right. There's another 10% on that entire bill. We've gone up 50% in and, that alone. And now a lot of those restaurants are are adding in automatic gratuities yeah. on top of that. Some of them are. Uh, just just for, for some perspective, in the last year, the last fiscal year, when, when council refused to lower the tax burden in Lynchburg, okay, an additional $6.5 million in real estate taxes, $2.7 million in personal property, that's your car tax, $4.5 million in sale and use, $3 million in food and beverage. I mean, like that right there is $16 million. Now, check this back. I've said this on your show before, and you brought it up before the break. Last year, we had a $50 million surplus, which Mm -hmm. is $27 million over what was projected. Mm -hmm. This year, we're on pace for about $35 million, which is about $15 million over projected. My point is this. Looking back in history, the number one most effective way for government to respond to inflation is tax break. Get more dollars back in your wallet so Mm -hmm. you can be better off. And Lynchburg can do it at the local level, and we can do it substantially. And guess what? We don't have to impact any city service whatsoever. Right. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle are always like, well, what are you going to cut, Chris? What are you going to cut? We don't have to cut a thing. Right. We can offer substantial tax relief, whether it be through your car tax, mm-hmm. whether it be through your property, whether it be through if you want to go out to eat or not. There are so many options that we can lower the impact of government on you mm-hmm. today. But this current makeup of council will not do it because they have a history, a track record of not doing it. And, and so that's why some this number will, is so important. Some will argue, though, that, that that's going to help grow the economy. But that's just not, it's not true. People what, taxing? who are pro- proponents of taxes will say that. Yeah, I, that, they, that, they will say that, though. It, it, it does, sorry, that's ass backwards. It doesn't compute in my brain because if you look at the, the population growth in this region, one of the slowest growing areas from a population standpoint is the city of Lynchburg. Exactly. Some of the highest growing areas just so happen to be right across the county line in Bedford Campbell. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning people are leaving the city of Lynchburg and they're going to the county because they know they can immediately save half on their taxes on property. Let's talk about some of the citywide elections coming up mm-hmm. here. What's what's going on? How are your candidates doing? 
Just give us an update there. The, the, the truth of the matter is we have three Republicans who have said that we are ready for a change in leadership. And I think the broad consensus of the folks in Lynchburg would agree. We have three folks who are running, um, Stephanie Reed, Larry Taylor, Marty Mischens, who are Republicans, who have been nominated as Republicans. Mm-hmm. They're owning it. Oh, and, their, their signs are everywhere. And they're saying, look, guys, here's the path we're offering. Um, we're offering, you know what, educational opportunity for our kids. We, we should have people choosing to go to Lynchburg City Schools instead of not. Right. But they're, they're, that's not or happening. fighting to get in there. I mean, that's what you want. We, we, we want safer streets. We don't want to be a continuing increase in violent crime. Yeah. We want more police officers, stronger relationships with them. We want to fix some of the mental health things that are going on in our city, mm-hmm. things that the current majority are not doing. We want to have a school board that actually listens to and engages with parents, not something something that just dismisses right. anything that's brought up at a school board meeting because it just doesn't align with what I want to do. These are things that we're offering and saying, this is the path that we're casting forward. And and you could look at it from this perspective, too. 30% increase in taxes the last 10 years. Slowest growing economy in the entire Commonwealth. Very minimal population growth. You can't have economic growth if you don't have population growth. Are you 30% better off Lynchburg? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the answer is just factually, it's not. And so I'm asking everyone, join us with this. Come out and support candidates who are ready to offer a different path for the city. Give us a chance. You know right. what they're going to offer. They're going to offer... You're going to pay more in taxes. You're going to pay more in city services. You're going to see more roundabouts that probably could have waited. Oh, my gosh. The new roundabouts. Make me go crazy. And you're going to have a continued deterioration of a school system. Mm -hmm. That is just a matter of fact. The track record is there. Give us an opportunity to lead the city. And I know we will offer a different path. That's the thing. Give them a chance, Lynchburg. You know, you can vote them out if you don't like it. Give them a chance. Let's talk about the queen a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, a, a delightful lady. We were just celebrating the fact that yesterday was the anniversary of in 2015 that she surpassed Queen Victoria mm. uh, of serving. And and little did we know at that moment when we did the opening of the show yesterday that we'd be losing her. Talk about uh, growing up in your house, how your folks and how you looked at the Queen as a result of how it was talked about. I, I have very fond memories of looking back with my parents and whatever. It may have been some jubilee. It may have mm-hmm. been some wedding. And uh, there were a couple. Th- I think it was uh, Prince William's wedding mm-hmm. uh, when I would have been watching. There were, there were things when we would tune in and just kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Um, as a history nut myself, there's always been the unique connection between Great Britain, United Kingdom, and, and the United States. And uh, it, it, Janet said it best off air. It's, it's, it's a sad day, but there's a fascination, I think, with just the, the regalness, the, the procedure, the, circ- the, the pomp, but from a place of grieving, mm-hmm. um, just all the things that are going on right now, and I, I just find well, she it incredibly just saw through, fascinating. She saw, saw so much. Yeah, you know? and and so for for my family, it's something where I hear it and I immediately call home and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Hey guys, did you hear about this?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, does it have great daily impact for us? No, but it, it certainly is something that I think the world recognizes as a loss, mm-hmm. um, and and I'll be very intrigued to see just what it looks like to have. Uh, a new monarch in England mm-hmm. simply because my dad is of age where <laughs> she's 
she's been she was on the throne longer than he's been alive. Right. So it's just uh, very interesting to me to see what that all looks like since it hasn't happened in in generations. Well, and I think you know things have changed so much since she was mm-hmm. yeah. was queen. Many thought that you know the monarchy may go away mm-hmm. uh, after losing her. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Yeah. Chris Feraldi, thanks so much for joining us this morning. As always, we appreciate your insight and the work that you're doing in the Hill City. And you're welcome anytime. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. DC Paints on the way. We mm-hmm. were talking about that education freedom uh, ranking. In the next half hour, we'll tell you just where Virginia fell uh, on that. We also have some uh, some local headlines with Nisi and some stories coming up you're going to want to know about. Yeah, she's going to talk about this new safe zone exchange for online purchases and parents you know that are dealing with custody issues in their kids. A place that you can go that's safe, that's uh, monitored 24 hours a day. That's happening in Danville. And, of course, the sheets knocking off gas prices for the diesel folks all the truck drivers out there for the whole month of september we'll also be back with some friday funnies as well it's the morning jam friday edition 866-916-3776 is the phone number if you'd like to chime in Currently, we have 61 degrees in Appomattox, 67 in Salem and Roanoke with the fog advisory there, 65 in Danville, 62 in Bedford, 61 in Lynchburg. Well, I'm, I'm liking this story. A Roanoke man is hoping his testimony of turning his life around from homeless will inspire others struggling in life to never stop fighting for better circumstances. Now he's given back to the very organization that rescued him from hitting rock bottom joshua haley 42 works as an assistant at the least of these ministries it's a nonprofit. we've talked about it before here on the show i hop out here mondays wednesdays and fridays during operation hours haley said i get the coffee brewing and and get things prepared as we get ready to open the doors Uh, he's got and i'm going to post his story uh, on on our facebook page it uh he was (laughs) people can say yeah he was really down on his luck and he was um, but he has turned things around uh, thanks to that particular ministry, and it just gives you know everybody a little bit of hope that you can actually turn things around even when when it looks like there's just no way. There still is a way because there's people around in in the Roanoke area of Danville, Lynchburg, and Bedford, and all surrounding areas. There's so many ministries and different organizations, and even services from you know the cities and the states. There's there's no reason. You just need a little bit of encouragement to uh, get up and make a difference. And now this gentleman, uh, Mr. Haley, is out there giving that message to other people. So congratulations. Virginia State Police reported fewer deadly crashes during the 2022 Labor Day weekend. According to VSP, there were six reported traffic deaths to date, four involving juveniles, two were pedestrians, and three were not wearing seatbelts. Mm. This is fewer than the report from the 2021 Labor Day weekend where 10 traffic fatalities happened on Virginia highways. The uh, officials say they investigated 722 traffic crashes during the weekend, and they say the traffic deaths, uh, the reduction of them was encouraging, but still six families lost, lost loved ones, and four of those tragically lost were young people, and two of those children were not wearing a seatbelt or uh, were not safely secured in a child safety restraint. I implore all Virginians to wear their seatbelts and require all those riding with you to do the same. Mm. Mark Lamb. I know. We, we sort of joke around that 
about that with me. And one of the things I do every morning. If, You're doing if, better. Is If the wife's awake, she sees me buckle my seatbelt. I wave. <laughs> and then I go off to work. And I go off sometimes only 100 feet. And there's seven deer on my street. I know, right? It's crazy. Yep. Hey, things to do in Lynchburg. Uh, there's so many things uh, for you to do if you you know want to go out and enjoy things and a lot of these things cost absolutely nothing we've got all the memorials at monument terrace to go check out uh, admire the architecture of the ann spencer house enjoy a day out on percival's island natural area uh, these things uh, especially when the weather's getting a little bit cooler learn about the city's history by going to the lynchburg museum Something that my wife and I have done here on several occasions, catch a show at the Academy Center of the Arts. Janet, you just did one recently with your daughter, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of That's course, good. just walk around the city. We did that on our anniversary. Um, we played hooky from church. We were Uh-oh. supposed to go out of town, but my leg was still bothering me. And so we, we, we hung close to home, went out for breakfast uh, a brunch, and then we just walked around downtown. Uh, it's just so many cool buildings uh, to check out. So uh, there's never, there's never, uh, and, and it doesn't cost anything unless you go in course into some of the restaurants or whatever. And maybe you just want to go to Whiteheart and catch a cup of coffee. I don't drink the, the hardcore coffee. I go in for a steamer, a vanilla steamer, mm-hmm. which is basically milk cooked and frosted up and put a little vanilla taste in it, and boom, I'm ready to go. I don't need the caffeine. I just need the sugar. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, half a mile of mayhem and Virginia's favorite uh, is celebrating a milestone in racing history. <laughs> Martinsville Speedway turning 75 years old. And the festivities kicked off by welcoming fans to thank them for their continuous support throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Speedway held its very first race uh, on September 7th of 1947. President of the Speedway, Clay Campbell, says it's once again time to give back to the fans who made it all possible. And uh, apparently they had uh, Martinsville famous hot dogs, drinks, birthday Mm -hmm. cake, live music, uh, photo moments with the 75th anniversary logo, and uh, and just had a lot of fun celebrating the uh, 75th anniversary of the Martinsville Speedway. That's pretty cool. We call it the Church of the Hair Clip. The, the church of the hair clip. You have to usually skip church. To I've talked about skipping church. Does Mark ever go to church? I know. Seriously, <laughs> I think you need some some help there. A uh, couple of things that I did want to mention. You okay. had said you talking about some things going on uh, this weekend. Nine eleven memorial service at Field of Honor is going to be taking place Sunday at six thirty. If you're wanting to uh, to take that in, uh, you'll be able to do that. Um, if you've never been to the uh, to this, it's amazing. Rotary Club of Forest does it there at Automated Conveyor Systems, and um, they're going to be remembering the victims of September 11th with a memorial service, remarks and remembrance, special music, um, and uh, the event will be held under the pavilion at Field of Honor, and there is no charge to attend the event. I think uh, seating will be somewhat uh, limited. But uh, what a wonderful way to to honor that uh, coming up this weekend. And then they're going to have stargazing at Poplar Forest tomorrow at 730. Ooh, did wow. you see the moon this morning? I did. Holy it cow. It was huge. I could almost reach out and touch it. I know. All I could hear was moon dance in my head uh, all the way home. All the way home. All the way to work. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, been wondering what the vice president's up to. You know, she's been kind of off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. 
Kamala hell, hell yeah, hell is maybe that wasn't a Freudian slip. Kamala Harris urging Baptist pastors to fight for light over darkness Thursday. Really? While at the same time advocating for killing unborn babies and abortions. What? Isn't that an oxy kind of moron thing? How going is on that there? possible? Yeah. And and how is she spinning this? I, I have no idea. She mentioned abortion during her speech to the National Baptist Convention in Houston. Texas. Was she booed? I I two thousand pastors and church leaders attended. It doesn't say anything about booing. Did anybody walk out? I I would have got up and walked out. I wouldn't I would not have Yeah. She attempted to portray her pro abortion beliefs as Christian by <laughs> Bringing up uh, how she went to church as a child and studied the Bible. That doesn't mean anything. She also implied that killing unborn babies and abortions is moral when she challenged the Baptist pastors to fight for light over darkness. I mean, isn't that so upside down and inverted? Well, first of all, I will say the devil can quote scripture just as good as anybody else can. So you can't go by that. And anytime you've got people... You know, saying, oh, well, I went went to, to church when I was a child. So? Yeah. Freedom. Freedom, Mama. Freedom isn't free. Uh-huh. That was a lie, too. That was a lie. So, that is so... I cannot believe... We need to look into that. Yeah. I can't I believe that, that 2,000 Baptist pastors would sit there and listen to that drivel. Yeah. But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's not the Baptist church I grew up in. Well, while she sure. was in Texas, she criticized Texas lawmakers for passing laws to protect of unborn babies did. from abortion. You know what? So what? Saying women should be able to, you know, control their own bodies. I tell my kids all the time, don't take criticism from anybody you wouldn't take advice from. Mm-hmm. So I think they're okay there. But I just thought it was interesting because we haven't heard from her lately. I mean, she's been kind And when of... she does open her yap, that's what she's <laughs> spewing out. All right. So we've been talking about this, uh, this new survey that's come out, the Education Freedom Report Card. Okay. That was released yesterday, and it measured all 50 states and the District of Columbia on four broad categories, school choice, transparency, regulatory freedom, and uh, spending. Okay. Um, the top five states were Florida in overall educational freedom. Right. Um, Arizona, Idaho, Indiana, and South Dakota. Hmm. The bottom states, coming in just before the district in descending order, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New York. Interesting. Yeah. The uh, District of Columbia ranked among the lowest for return on investment. The nation's capital spends more per pupil than any state yet takes 48th place in students' average reading scores. Really? That's interesting. Idaho ranked first in return on investment. How about that? Spending the least per student to get the greatest academic returns. Okay. Well, we need to go to Idaho and figure out what they're getting right. Yeah, what are you doing right? Probably more uh, in-tuned families would be my guess. Yeah. More, More families plugged in to their children. I, I don't know that. I'm just saying my, my gut would say maybe that has something to do with it. So here's here's the list. We, we gave you the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia fell at about 2021 in okay. that in that area right there. Right. So we weren't we were be- below the upper and above the what is the word that they how do they phrase that? 
I'm above the upper and below the lower. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Are they what abo- is that song? Are, are they above or below the equator? That's what I'm saying. I mean, no, is there's there, a, there's does the toilet by, water go this way or the Jody other way? Messina. Oh, oh, I don't and, know and that says, song. Uh, yeah, we'll have to dig it up. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back from break with that one. It's a it's a good one. We got your Friday funnies on yeah, the way we do. as well. We do. We're going to bring some of those to you as well. Don't go anywhere. 866-916-3776 is the number. Al Green's going to give it to us here in just a second. If you want to comment on you know your thoughts about the Queen and, and how... You know, the pomp and circumstance is going to play out over the next uh, 10 days or nine days now, I guess. Call Janet and Mark. 434-534-8500. Or toll free 866-916-3776. Call The Morning Jam. The Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Been singing for my rent and singing for my supper. I'm above the below and below the upper. I'm stuck in the middle where money gets tight, but I guess I'm doing all right. Uh, there it is. I, I, yeah. That's where we all are. You know, Jody Messina was... She was one of my girls when I was starting my life over back in 2002. Oh, she is all over my playlist. Yeah, she's just... uh, above the below and below the upper. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. <laughs> That's yeah, where we yeah. are. I love that. That's exactly how that works. So uh, I could not remember it, though. And I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I, I blanked out. I'm going to be listening to a lot of Jody Messina today. I thought this was common knowledge, but obviously not. So let me teach some of y'all. The left lane, also known as the fast lane, is for people who have ticket money. (laughs) It's for people who have ticket money. If you are going to follow the rules, follow the laws as you should, that middle lane is reserved just for you. It's yours. If you are scared, if you're going to tiptoe, if you are hesitant, that far right lane is just for you. Nobody else wants to be over there. That is your area. But by golly gee, do not get over in that far left lane, also known as the fast lane, tiptoe. <laughs> because we're trying to hear them. We have ticket money. And even if we don't have ticket money, look, that's, that's our burden to bear. Don't get over here holding us up because you scared. Now, Middle lane, if you're going to follow the rules. Far right lane, if you're scared. Left lane. (laughs) I saw him yesterday. I thought he explained it perfectly. I think he did. Yeah. If you got ticket money, then go ahead. I got to remind myself of that. I'm going to help my my sister do some things in in Bristol this weekend. Mm -hmm. I got to remember that. I don't have ticket money. Slowly make you lose your mind. Uh-huh. And your money. <laughs> Depending on the situation. Love it. Love uh, we'll it. have more Friday funnies uh-huh. on the way here in just a little bit. That's right. Uh, been talking a lot about uh, some of the things going on around the world. A lot of people talking about uh, losing the queen. Yeah. Uh, some people are doing some nice tributes. Some people have just been nasty about yeah, it. Yeah. Let's, let's listen to this Tucker Carlson. He, he kind of unpacks some of that stuff here. Today on social media, the usual ghouls celebrated her death. Quote, may her pain be excruciating, a Carnegie Mellon professor called Uju Anya wrote on Twitter of the Queen. May she die in agony. Various know-nothings in the media, including a columnist at The Atlantic and a couple of employees of NBC News, seconded that thought. 
The British Empire was evil, they wrote, apparently totally unaware of what came after it. And speaking of what did come after the British Empire, how, for example, did Africa fare after the British left? Let's see. Uganda got Idi Amin, who was a cannibal. Rhodesia became Zimbabwe and then became the poorest country on the planet under the racist lunatic Robert Mugabe. As of tonight, South Africa is still being run into the ground by an incompetent kleptocrat called Cyril Ramaphosa. So it's hard to see any of that as an improvement because it's not an improvement. Sorry, Atlantic Magazine. And now, of course, the entire continent of Africa has a new master, the Chinese government. China is the latest colonial power to dominate Africa. Its subjects will be pining for the British soon, assuming they are not already. In an ideal world, there would not be empires, no empires, only sovereign nations. But we don't have that world, and we never have had that world, going back to at least the Assyrians 1,400 years before Christ. In the real world, the one that we live in, strong countries dominate weak countries, and that trend shows no sign of changing. The very least you can say about the English is that they took their colonial responsibilities seriously. They didn't just take things, they added. When the U.S. government withdrew from Afghanistan after 20 years, we left behind airstrips, shipping containers, and guns. When the British pulled out of India, they left behind an entire civilization, a language, a legal system, schools, churches, and public buildings, all of which are still in use today. Here's the train station the English built in Bombay, for example. There's nothing like that in Washington, D.C. right now, much less in Kabul or Baghdad. Today, India is far more powerful than the U.K., the nation that once ruled it. And yet, after 75 years of independence, has that country produced a single building as beautiful as the Bombay train station that the British colonialists built? No, sadly, it has not. Not one. So despite what they may be claiming on Twitter tonight, the British Empire was more than just genocide. In fact, the British did not commit genocide, except arguably against the Dutch during the Boer War. The British did give the world the Magna Carta, and habeas corpus, and free speech. They helped end the transatlantic slave trade, as well as the ritual murder of widows in India. The British Empire spread Protestant Christianity to the entire world. It published some of the greatest literature ever written, and produced the finest manufactured goods ever made anywhere at any time, including now. It was an impressive place run by impressive people. We will see many empires going forward, but we will never see one so benign. That's true. And because it's true, the people who would like to run the world in a far harsher way would like to make certain that you don't know it. And so they destroy the evidence, the evidence that ever existed. Wow. He just nails it. He does. I mean, he really did. And, and no, we're not British. I mean, I get, well, my, I mean, my family can be traced back mm -hmm. there pretty, pretty readily, not so very long ago um, in Ireland. But mm -hmm. I just don't know why people feel the need to be so petty and small and. Right just ugly right may may you die in, in pain what is that about on the queen's worst day is it is your it, life will not add up to squat compared to her or these people making these statements well i mean she look she lived she lived a blessed life there's no yeah. doubt about it um but i will tell you there's a lot of pressure having her. studied a lot about uh, uh, the history of the monarchy and that type thing I wouldn't have wanted it for anything. Right. I mean, you just, you never knew who was trying to knock you down or, or you know, rip you up. Um, I don't know. Just just don't be ugly. That's all. Mm. Uh, King Charles is expected to replace Queen Elizabeth on banknotes. Yeah. I can't even envision that. Uh, Bank of England said they will likely recall and replace pound notes and coins with the Queen's po profile in coming months. Mm. Uh, that's going to take a couple of years right. to do that. They assured Britons the currency with the Queen's image will remain legal tender. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, further announcement regarding the banknotes will be made 
Uh, once the period of mourning has been observed, there's approximately 4.5 billion banknotes in circulation with the Queen's likeness. Can you imagine if point. she ever signed one? Like, would you sign this for me? What that wouldn't would, that be defacing? Well, it could be. Probably, yeah. Yeah, she probably wouldn't do it. I would love to have some of that money with her likeness on it. Mm-hmm. I bet there's some a lot of people who'll be yeah holding on to that now yeah. because of that. Some, some selling it, you know, too. Well, it, it it is interesting. We'll see how it it, it shapes up. Um, a lot of people around the world saying, you know, how much she meant to them and how mm-hmm. much she will she will miss them. Right. And uh, of course, I think Harry came into uh, Balmoral yesterday. Oh, he did. I oh, okay. don't know if um, Megan. Yeah, I don't know if Megan uh, showed up or mm. not. A lot of titles are getting ready to change now because of this. Um, you've got. Uh, Charles, Prince William, Kate Middleton, and Charles's wife, Camilla Parker Bowles, assuming new titles. Right. Um, so, of course, uh, His Majesty King Charles, that will be his. Uh, Earl of Wessex, Prince Edward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, King Charles could pass down his former Duke of Edinburgh to his younger brother. Um, they are saying that perhaps... Uh, Kate will uh, resume Diana's previous okay. title now. Oh, okay. And uh, King Charles's wife will become Queen Consort. But yeah, I know that. That's. I don't think the people of, of Britain are going to like that at all. Right. Um. After she married in 2005, it was announced she would take the title of Princess Consort instead of Queen Consort. Mm -hmm. And that was made out of respect to Charles's late wife, uh, Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. So so how's that going to go? Uncharted waters. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes up. I do think it's interesting. Some people aren't fascinated by it but i am a little bit there's there's a reason why there's a royal channel i'm just saying okay there's a there's a whole at which i may or may not have subscribed to at some point all right don't judge me i'm not judging i'm being i feel a little judged i'm not judging it's okay it's nice that you know all this stuff i'm just sitting back me and buddy looking at pitchy's (laughs) picture of buddy over here you know it's funny when you were moving your mouse earlier uh the way the cord's running underneath the uh the telos phone system yeah it, it apparently is going right under Buddy's picture. So every time you move the mouse, Buddy was like dancing. His picture was moving back and forth like he was <laughs> dancing. So anyways, me and Buddy aren't judging you. So we're glad you know this stuff. <laughs> hey, we're going to be back. CBS News is coming up first uh, with Bill Trefiro following from our Roanoke desk. He's got some stories about the founder of Meridian Inc. passing away. He'll talk about the, uh, the tanker that turned over on Williamson Road in Petersburg. And then a shootout in Blacksburg that happened back in February. Jeez. That's finally going to trial. Janet and I will be back with more Friday funnies on this Friday edition of The Morning Jam.